Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church dear. Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke, that didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? Uh, you know what? That one works. Blake, has anyone ever physically threatened your life? Uh, every single person I've ever come into contact with, ever. Welcome to the Church Gear Podcast, where we pull the tech director out of the booth and onto the stage to share the most outlandish stories and hidden wisdom from the tech trenches. And now, here are your hosts. I'm your host, Blake Hodges, the only guy at Church Gear to have a gun at his back on a gear run, and I'm here with my boss, a man who would definitely disarm an assassin, Toby Walters. You had a gun at your back? It's a true story, so... I mean, Were you with Brian? I wish he would have been safer. So this is like a couple days after the Texas shooting. So I'm very, not Texas. Yes, Texas. So I'm very- the school you know, shooting. Yes. Okay. So I'm very on edge. Um, we're in Kentucky, which, you know, not great. Um, That's gun country. It's gun country. Yeah. And this, and so we're in Chipotle, me and Jeremy, you know, two city boys on a gear run. And this dude walks in uh, with a, a gun on his hip, like just open. Like, concealed and carry is fine. If you put it on your hip, that tells me you want to intimidate people or your... Or your law enforcement. Right, and he wasn't. Um, and it was just very scary. And so I run to the bathroom, and I'm trying. I'm texting Jeremy. I'm like, Jeremy, get out of there. Get out of there. I come back. Jeremy's just sitting at the table, and he's like, dude, that guy behind me was so weird. All he ordered was rant, uh, sour cream and cheese. <laughs> you, you sure that wasn't you? It wasn't, because I, I don't have a just... gun... Or sour cream and cheese. Just guzzling sour cream and cheese. But from the, well, that <laughs> I could. look like a man built on sour cream and cheese. And that's probably not inaccurate. But no. from that moment, I was like, okay, I survived. I can't wait to tell this on the podcast. So I'm so glad to have gotten that out. Was that the moment where you're like, I have a story to tell, but I'm going to save it for the podcast? Yes. Okay. Man, you have such a good memory. All right. So I'm sorry. I hear. I think you have a story to tell, too. I always have stories. Just, I like story time, Blake. I'm glad you do, because otherwise I'm this podcast is going to fail. I know. So we're having, um, we'll introduce him in a minute, but a guy who's very familiar with uh, worship leader hiccups, oopsies, you know, however you want to say it. And when I was a worship leader and worship artist, oh my, did I have some, you know, fun whoopsie moments. You were a worship leader, Toby? I was. Oh, do you have any worship leader problems ever? And you know, okay, just I had ninety nine problems, but worship Ooh. leading wasn't one. Of and them. I wasn't one either yet. No. Okay, so I picked three of my favorite, and they're uh, they're actually three different people that experienced them, but these are all close personal relationships of mine. So we'll start with my dad, and this is how I got into worship leading because my dad was a music director at our little Baptist church growing up. Now my dad had literally grown up at that church. He was, I mean. Oh man, I remind me to tell the story eventually of my dad doing inappropriate things as a child in church. Okay, Toby's dad, the unofficial third co-host of the yes. podcast. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate it. So my dad is a music director at Little Baptist Church, and he had grown up there, so he knew everybody for you know like forty years, and he was 
leading the church through the transition of traditional into contemporary in the 90s before... Well, I guess you were born, Blake. I was, yeah, I'm a 90s kid, 93. So this was, it was literally called the Worship Wars in the 90s, where the old school, they liked hymns, they liked choirs and organs, and then new school comes in and, you know, Calvary Chapel and Maranatha and Vineyard start having bands with drums and singing modern worship songs. This was even before Chris Tomlin and Crowder started. How many casualties did the worship wars take? Thousands and millions. Oh, like the Crusades. Like this was a big deal. So my dad, when he became music director at our small Baptist church, he... And they basically begged him to do it in a sense. He didn't want to, but he had that background. He had that musical ability. And they said, please, will you take over the music department? He said, I'll do it on one condition. There is no longer a choir. And you give me a gun for the worship force. He needs the gun, but he does away with the choir. And that's strike one. And strike two, Blake, is that he had the audacity to put a drummer on that stage. That sinner. So... One Sunday, he does the worship, everything goes fine. After the service, after the message, after everything, a little old lady comes up to him. Her name is Stella. He has known Stella since he was a child because Stella literally babysat for him. So sweet little old Stella's coming up to my dad. I'm sure he's thinking to encourage him, to thank him. She gets she up. Him into his face, grabs his shirt by the lapel, looks him in the eye, and says, Jim, if you don't turn down those drums, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you know what? I bet worship leaders uh, have never had a death threat as a problem. So, yeah, worship wars, problem number one, being threatened to be murdered by a lady who used Look, to babysit you. Death happens in a war. It does. Okay. Worship leader problem story number two was my story. So, in, wait, did she uh, kill your dad? No, my dad's still alive. Okay, you great. Know, you great. know my dad; he's well, still alive. You know, you never know. Watch okay. out for Stella. So, uh, problem number two: um, I was a worship leader, church in Texas, and the pastor very much wanted the modern worship sound with a full band, with uh, you know, kind of like the. He was very much a big U two fan, and so he wanted that U two sound four-piece band, kind of modern rock in that area. This, Look, this is you, like 2008, If I think. you want the U2, U2 sound, just pick up your freaking iPod. You've got an album on there. Yeah, for free. You're yep. welcome. So we play, we you know lead worship that morning, and then after service, we're in the green room. Blake, have you ever been in the green room? Toby, I'm not cool enough to have been I in know. the green room. That's where all the cool people go. I know. So we're hanging out in the green room, me and the band, and a gentleman finds his way back through the back hallways, through the backstage door into the green room and begins to berate us for how loud and obnoxious we were. To punch him? I, I think we were all just staring in shock and awe that this guy had the audacity to like come back and just chew us out for, I think he literally said, this is not a Led Zeppelin concert. You need to turn it down. Does this battle of the worship wars have a name, you know, like Battle of Bunker Hill Battle oh, this of, specific yeah, battle? Antietam. Well, the great thing is that literally the next week, the church installed a security guard in front of the green room, so that would never happen again. That guy was a job creator. And I just want to applaud a pastor for protecting his worship people by saying, I will never let this happen again, and putting a security guard in place. Now, worship leader problem number three, I've saved the best for last. 
Uh-oh. I've loved this story forever. This is not me. This is a friend of mine that I used to know. Now, this friend, he literally had a band that was signed to like a major record label. They went on tour with major artists. They had, you know, they sold a lot of records, very well known. But earlier on, and he's a Christian, and he would lead worship on Sunday mornings, but he would also, like, he was a guy that was very rough around the edges, so to speak. So he would play in bars and clubs on Friday and Saturday night and then get up and lead worship on Sunday morning. Okay. So he was kind of a contract worship leader for this little church in Missouri. and Oh, Missouri. Yeah. So we assume it was a pretty traditional church. And so the fact that he's a little rough around the edges, he's kind of an unkempt musician, and he would play at bars and clubs on Friday and Saturday and then come lead worship, it's like already there are two strikes against him. So he, he told me the story. He said they already were just like, I don't know about this guy. And so he's fighting to, you know, essentially make a good impression over and over and over again every week because they already don't like him. And he said there was one week he came in and he gets up on stage, gets the band is all ready. And he, I think he said he like, he started playing his guitar and then turned to the microphone to greet the congregation. And Blake, do you know that sometimes microphones can shock you. They call it a hot mic for a reason. So he experienced a hot mic on his lips. It shocked his lips, and he let a very colorful four-letter word escape those lips into the microphone in front of the whole congregation. Oh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. 100%. So he said, uh, yeah, that was my last Sunday there. Did he get to still finish the service? I think, you know, what could he do other than say sorry, and then lead the worship. And then after the service, the pastor essentially said, well, we're going to have to let you go. He's like, yeah, that makes sense. We found out you were a sinner. Well, you know, speaking of sinners, we've got a sinner with us here, introducing <laughs> the host of Did the... Did you just tee up our guest with calling him a sinner? Well, aren't we all? Dang. Introducing the host of the Worship Leader Probs podcast, Brian Tabor. <laughs> You did it. Yes. You did it. I got the name right. That was rough. You Blake. did it. Congrats. I mean, I got, I did it in the sense that like I fell across the finish line. <laughs> Brian, welcome to the show, man. I'm so psyched to have you on. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. I don't get to unilaterally invite people on the podcast often without asking Toby, and you were one of those, so it's and nice to... Yeah, I, I hope you live up to the hype, because... Otherwise, Blake can never invite anybody I can tell again. you, right, you need to lower your expectations oh, right man. now, I can tell you. No, no, no. You've got your own mic. Anytime a man has his own mic, the episode's going to be <laughs> pretty good. So as a man who literally has built his life on worship leader problems, how did I do as far as, you know, were those like level 10 problems or you're like, yeah, those were solid sevens. I got some those stories. Those are solid. Those are very, very solid. Um, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's amazing that... Uh, the stories that come out of the local church um, from worship services. And those were solid, man. Those were really, really solid. Yes. I'm very proud of myself, Blake. I, you know what? I didn't realize the theme you were going for until like the second one. I was like, oh, it's problems. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm a dummy. Oh my gosh, Blake. All right. Well, let's talk more about Brian Tabor. Tabor. Tabor? Yes. Tabor. All yeah. right, Brian. So judging off of our, you know, past 10 minutes of interaction and intelligence levels thus, what odds do you give us to guess your lie correctly? Um, I don't know, man. Uh, 
I think you got a shot. All right. Hey, that's better than Santrum only gave us 30%. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> Number one, I played on the same field as the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, do you watch Parks and Rec? I do, yeah. So I assume you totally remember the scene where they're all playing on the Colts field. Sure. Yeah, so that's immediately what – so you look like Andy Dwyer in my brain, and it's actually kind of translating a little bit. Okay. Um, R.I.P. Andrew Luck. Number two, I was conceived <laughs> in the Holy Land. That's, that's quite the name to name your parents' bedroom. Um, oh, my gosh. Number three, I played keys for Sandy Patty. You don't know who Sandy Patty is, do you? <laughs> Just the way you said that, I, I can make clearly so many see. jokes. Shame on you. It's terrible. It's a bad I have name. failed you, Blake. It's a bad. Thank you for we instead of I have failed you. So let me clarify just real quick. Sandy Patty is kind of like, you know who Amy Grant is? Yes. Okay. A- is kind of like Amy Grant and Sandy Patty are both like the. <laughs> you don't know who Amy Grant is. Do I do. You? It's just Sandy Patty's a bad name. <laughs> They're kind of oh both gosh, like the oh you know the founding women of contemporary Christian music oh, as I far as females. Bad. Okay, I'm bad. No, oh, I feel yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. All right, number four. I have eaten on every continent. That's impressive. And if so, we'd have to have eaten on like An- Antarctica, Antarctica is a continent. Uh, my worship leader problem started in seventh grade, and finally, mm. I served on staff at three churches in the same city. Ooh, that's a tricky situation. You have to leave really well for that. Toby, hmm. what is your instincts telling I mean, you? My, I'm kind of overcome with laughter. My my instincts, Sandy Patty, is that the reality of him eating on every continent, unless he's like tricking us, like, oh yeah, I went to this restaurant and its theme was every continent. And I, you know, I've eaten there seven times and I ate in the Australia room and the but the logistics, the sheer logistics of eating on every continent. Yeah, I think you're right there. But to spread our odds at winning, because we win or lose as a team. Okay. I am going to pick the seventh grade, and maybe it started sixth grade, because that's when it started for Jeremy. Well, I guess he wasn't – he played some services. It was a small church. So, yeah, I'm going to guess it was either sixth or eighth grade, and he's just changing – minor change. Brian, we're locking in. Where are we at? Uh, Toby was on the right track. I have not eaten on all continents. Oh, Blake, it feels so good to be right when you're so wrong. Remember when I said we win or lose as a team? No. (laughs) I do have a friend who has done that, but I have not done that. How many continents have you eaten on? Uh, Just maybe three. Yeah, yeah, not that many. I think I've eaten on two. I've only ever been on this continent. Have you ever left Tennessee? I've left America (laughs) once. One time. Blake, we need to get you out on the road, my man. Where did you go outside of America? I went uh, on foot to Canada. Remember, that was like on t- one episode ago or two. Did you just say on foot? <laughs> well, that means I didn't fly there. Oh, gotcha. Okay. On on wheel? Yes. That's quite, a, that's quite a a journey from Tennessee. It was. It was, uh, well, I drive everywhere. I, I do not believe in flying. It's up the devil. Um, <laughs> you gotcha. and John Madden both. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. So, Brian... Uh, I mean, give us give us your background. How'd wait, you get, wait. I want to no? go back to One I more? mean, deep deep background. You were conceived in the Holy Land. Your parents like to tell this story at you know parties and such, or what? And so, at what age were yeah, you when you found out about this? <laughs> that's usually my little known fact. So my I'm the youngest of five. My oldest brother is 19 years older than I am, and three of us are in full time ministry. And uh, my my parents were in their mid 40s. 
They went on a trip to the Holy Land, and when they came back, they were expecting me. So it is very inspiring, apparently. Do you like to tell people that both you and Jesus were conceived by the Holy Spirit? I do. I throw that up to my wife as much as possible. (laughs) When she questions me or anything like that, I'm like, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm sure that goes well. Right. We went a couple of years ago, and I kept telling people I felt like I was home. So, <laughs> How many kids do you have? Uh, we have zero kids. Don't go to the Holy Land then, Brian. You'll right, end up- exactly. <laughs> we, we, we did go together, and we did not repeat the situation. The accomplishment. <laughs> we are so dancing around. Okay, let's get out of this. <laughs> How to say these things. Let's, this is a Christian podcast. All right. So give us your background. We've already got the very beginning. Uh, give us your background. You know, I guess now we're going forward in the story. Like, how'd you start accumulating so many worship leader problems? And in seventh grade. Yeah, you should have had yeah. girl problems, not worship leader problems. Right. So, uh, yeah, when in the youth group, man, I was the only kid who played the piano. So in seventh grade, uh, we had to have music. And uh, the worship, the youth pastor was like, hey, guy, don't you play the piano? get up there and, uh, and, and play some stuff. So that's kind of how I started. Um, my, uh, my oldest brother, uh, was the worship pastor at my home church where I grew up. And so whoever didn't show up like for Sunday night service, he would kind of find me. It was an assembly of God church. Sunday night was a little more casual, but he would find me out in the, in the audience in the congregation and kind of, uh, nod me over to the piano or whatever. And, I remember the first time this happened, uh, I had I had no idea. I'd never played by ear or anything, and my brother was playing the organ, and he was kind of flashing numbers at me from across the stage, and I thought, well, I don't know what that means. I don't know what is a four. What is a four? So I get down by the keys. I start you know, figuring out, okay, we're in A flat, four is a D flat. Uh, so yeah, that that's kind of how I got started, and I really cut my teeth under my uh, my oldest brother. And, um, yeah, man. So right out of college, I, uh, that's a little bit of a fast forward right out of college. I went to my first church and I quickly realized there was way more to being a worship pastor than just sitting around and listening to music. What? They do more than that? We do do more than that. We go to lunch. (laughs) Yeah. Lunch is very important. Lunch is a celebration of life. That's fun. No, I mean, I'm not a worship pastor like the two of you, but my best friend is a worship pastor. So I understand the struggle. You're worship pastor adjacent. Ooh. There you go. I'm going to get a shirt made that says worship pastor adjacent. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of how worship leaders, you know, live their lives. I feel like we should go further with the same like talent adjacent. Oh, boy. Like as you're sitting next to me. Well, you're the one, you know, making the motion on your shirt right now, though. So you'd be wearing the shirt. But for you. Forget I, it, Blake. Keep going. All right. There we go. I avoided <laughs> that one. All right. So we're talking about what worship leaders do. Like we typically talk to tech directors. Um yeah, we talk yeah. to we talk to worship leaders, but like if we that's our main uh people we talk with. Um, what's one thing every worship leader wishes their tech director would know? Because of all the worship leader problems you handle, you know, mm-hmm. is your full time thing. Some of them have to come from our tech director friends. Because conflict yeah. just happens anytime two humans are in a room. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Well, first of all, I, you know, if that relationship is strained, make it right because that needs to be a partnership. You know what I mean? Like that needs to be a, a walking step in step, 
sort of a relationship, but I would say like, um, so when I was leading worship every weekend, I was, uh, I was leading the people in the room. I'm leading the band. I'm leading the team. I'm singing, I'm playing keys. I'm running the tracks. I would say like, I'm so sorry I stepped out of my light, but there's a lot going on up here. So I would say, I would want them to know, you know, you would want grace. So, you know, give us some grace as well. Um, that, that, uh, you know, that the, the, it's a different response, different, different kinds of responsibilities. You know, where would we be without our tech directors? We, nobody would hear us. Nobody would see us. The live streams would die. Um, and you know, for us, we, we're sort of juggling a lot, uh, on the platform as well. And so I guess I would, man, I wish I would want to, I'd want them to say, you know, cut me, cut me a little bit of grace. That's what I would say. Um, we have talked about this many times where it's it's almost like, I don't think it's almost like, it's very true. Tech directors typically and worship leaders typically are very different types of personalities. And I think it can, if you boil it down to the least of it, you know, a tech director can think, yeah, the worship leader just listened to music all week. And the worship leader can think like, yeah, the tech director just comes in and turns it on and mixes the audio. And so there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what we do um, do you, like, have you had those good conversations where you help bridge that understanding, help translate between the worship leader and the tech director to understand what it is you guys both do? I, I mean, I've certainly tried, you know, in the, in the church roles that I have served in, uh, the, the tech director or production director, whatever the title is, those people have typically reported to me. And so, I, I sort of felt like it was my responsibility to, first of all, dig into his world and get some understanding of, you know, uh, certainly some of the obvious things like uh, on the weekends, you know, his, his car was in the lot long before mine was, and most likely his car would be in the lot after I left. So the, the hours, the, the evenings, like, you know, if they're going to dig into a, a stage design or overhaul the look or whatever, like, I mean, that's super involved hours and hours and hours. So I, I, I thought like it was my responsibility to really dig into that and kind of understand. And then it was my, also my responsibility to help him understand. So like when you're down here, uh, working on gear maintenance or you're installing uh pro presenter update or whatever you're doing down here. Like I'm up there managing budgets and uh, meeting with the pastor, which sometimes is amazing. And sometimes it is not ama amazing. And so like, like just know that just because I'm not down here uh, hauling gear with you and, you know, rolling drum risers around this, the, the platform. Um, there are pieces of the ministry that I'm handling up there that, uh, that are necessary, you know, things that have to have to like, if, if, uh, you know, if sister flow in the, if she's got a complaint about something in the service, I'm the guy she sees. Or if Stella needs to make a death threat, you're the guy <laughs> right? she puts her right? hands on her throat. <laughs> like I'm the guy she knows. I'm the guy she sees. I'm probably the guy she's going to come to. And so I'm, uh, 
you know, my role is going to be different than yours. We've got to understand where the overlaps are and that we're all in this together, you know, uh, just because I, uh, you know, I, I always considered our production team to their worship leaders, just like we are on the platform. They just may not be holding instruments and microphones, but they're operating technology. They're, uh, they're behind the scenes. Their, their role is every bit as important, uh, as the, uh, as the people on the platform, but, um, I always kind of took, took it on myself to, to be my responsibility to make sure that relationship was solid. So then you see a lot of the worship leader problems. What percentage, I know this is apocryphal, but also you see a lot of them. So like what percentage come from their tech director, brother in relationship, and then what percentage is other, like, you know, pastors, you know, other people on the stage with them, maybe their spouse, Mm. maybe themselves. Yeah, man, I think it's probably equal parts of all of those. I mean, that uh, certainly there are some, you know, lots of tech issues that happen, that happen. And, um, you know, we've memed lots of those and posted lots of those. Uh, you know, thankfully now people are sending those in to us when they when they happen in their services. Um, um, but yeah, man, there's, there's lots. Uh, it's probably equal parts, all of those. I mean, we do tend to, uh, lean into the bass player memes a little hard just because they tend to be a kind of sensitive, a sensitive lot. (laughs) Okay. So we talk about this all the time and it's a hundred percent true. I've never, well, I was a tech guy for like a couple years when I was a teenager, but tech guys only get noticed when things go wrong. They never get praised when things go right. The worship leader, you often get the full gamut, but you get a lot of praise. If you're good at what you do, you get a lot of praise. How have you helped your tech directors like funnel that praise down to them and encourage them knowing that they don't get much from the people in the church? Yeah, I think there's a several ways, at least that I worked to do this. You know, social media is just a huge part of our lives. And so I was... Um, I tried to be really diligent about shining a light on what what goes on in that area that, of the church that m- most people don't understand. Like the average congregant, you don't know what video control is, you don't know where it is, you don't know what it does or what it looks like or anything. So I would, uh, you know, I'd I'd post pictures of our 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 staff and volunteers back there working all the time, and really try to uh, shine a light on the very important and necessary ministries that they were and and duties that they were performing that, that helped our weekend services to happen. Um, so I think, you know, using, uh, using the platform to help the congregation understand, you know, I may be the guy you see, you may, you may see the 10 or 12 of us that are on the platform on the weekend, but there's probably another 10 or 12 or 15 behind the scenes that you don't see and what they're doing is every bit as important as what we're doing, uh, up here that is, that is seen. Uh, that'd be the first thing I think, uh, you know, senior pastors for the most part, don't know what to do with the tech ministry. They don't understand it. They don't understand why it costs so much to replace a soundboard or speaker system or whatever. Um, and so I was, uh, always trying to make sure our, our senior leadership, senior pastor, executive pastor, they understood, Hey, um, our, our production staff has been here every night this week. Uh, you had this really, uh, 
sort of nutty idea that I'm not sure is totally necessary, but it was something that you really wanted to do. And they've been here every night this week trying to figure out how to make that happen. It would really be kind of you if you walked down there today and said thank you. Yeah, those are some things that I would try to do. I think you've hit on something that is true that we don't realize. Um, whether senior pastors know it or not, they probably innately trust the worship leader's opinion uh, a little more than they do the tech directors. It seems like the tech director gets told what to do that the pastor wants, and the worship leader has more of this conversation level of like, yeah, well, I'm dreaming of this, you're dreaming of this, let's work together. Um, do you think it, and maybe you just answered this, but worship leaders should you know, almost step in as that champion for their tech director to remind pastors, look, they're, they're working their butts off, they're just not going to tell you or complain about it. That's the thing. Tech directors, in our experience, are not big complainer guys, and you know the squeaky wheel gets the grease, so it's kind of right, tough. They right. get left out in the cold a lot. Well, it you know you're they're probably uh, there's probably some fear in that you know um, in terms of like the the timeline of the church you know full time staff members in the tech ministry is relatively new. Uh, you know somebody to lead music is something the senior pastor understands. Um, he, you know, so many senior pastors are singers or maybe were worship leaders or song leaders or whatever earlier in their ministry. The, the production and tech stuff is stuff that they don't understand. Like, why do I, you know, why does it take this much money to make us live? You know, when our account, uh, when, when the lockdowns happen every day, we were getting 25 DMS that said, Hey, my pastor said we need to be online this week. What do I do? Um, you know, pastors have no idea uh, the layers and layers and layers of planning and organization and execution that have to take place on the technical and production side uh, to make those live streams happen, to make the technology and the service happen. You know, our, I remember our pastor came in and uh, our church was, I don't remember what was going on. We were we were uh, celebrating with one of our mission partners that was in India and our pastor wanted to, we he wanted to talk to him live in the service in India. We're in Indiana, you know. <laughs> what's well, what's wrong with that, Brian? Come on, yeah, India, exactly. Indiana. And, and so Love it. I, when I told my tech director that, he was like, there was just silence in the room. And so, you know, it, it took a really long time to figure out how to do that. And so, um, yeah, I walked into my pastor's office and I said, you know, that may... That may seem like a really simple thing, but to get it into our audio system and our video system and to get it into the live stream and all of that stuff and to make it happen flawlessly, which is what your expectation is in front of a huge audience of people, it has taken him a lot of hours, a lot of extra hours. And this is something that's kind of outside his normal operating procedure. Um, it would be really, really good if you maybe shoot him a text um, go down there, pat him on the back and just say, Hey man, I know this was extra and it took a lot for you. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think whoever's in the, in the role of having a little more, uh, whoever's in the role of having a seat at the table, whatever that looks like in your church, uh, staff or situation, be a champion others, man. Absolutely. And in your experience, is it, 
in in my experience, I think it's pretty uncommon for, especially in a larger church, to have the worship and to tech or production sides be in the same department. They're usually divided. Are you seeing that mostly? Do you think there's, you know, it's a good practice to maybe combine those as, you know, we're all on the same team. We're all trying to accomplish mm-hmm. the same vision. Yeah, you know, I've seen it. I've seen it work and flourish both ways. Um, I think. Uh, I think it depends on your staffing model. Uh, in my most recent church, so we were a church of about 4,500 with four campuses. Our staffing model was lean and mean. Um, I'm not advocating lean and mean. I'm just telling you I ha- I survived it. So I would say it de- kind of depends on your 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 church and, and, and your staffing model. You know, um, if you're, if you're uh, man, if you're multi-site, uh, what, whatever your staffing situation is, if they're the same department or, or separate departments, man, you have to, there has to be constant, uh, communication back and forth, man, to just keep all those wheels turning. You know, lean and mean is something they'll never call me because, uh, I'm not lean <laughs> enough to fit that description. You're not mean either. Well, thank you, Toby. I, I would call you more <laughs> a gentle giant. Oh, I'll take that. But you're not that tall. <laughs> Yeah, if you well, get my drift. Now like. that we hired Drew, he's one <laughs> inch taller than me. I was the tallest at the office. I'm very sad about it. Um, okay, so speaking of things to be sad about, if you switched places with your tech director, you'd probably be devastated. He'd probably be devastated. Mm-hmm. Who's going to survive the longest? Like, And we could all laugh at this, but like, let's give it some real scenario. Like, I like is, how we wrote it. Who's going to die of sheer panic, panic first? first. <laughs> uh, did you write that? Is that why we love that? No, well, I, I think, think it depends funny. on the the particular tech guy. I I was fortunate enough to have to have two in my last church, and the answer would be different depending on which one I was talking about. Hit so us with both our, of them. If it was our production director, he would die first because he want he wanted no part of being on the platform. Uh, he didn't really uh, play an instrument, and singing would have absolutely terrified him. Um, we had an assistant production director who he could have. Uh, if I switch places with him, I would die of of fear first because um, they really didn't let me near many things with buttons when I was when I was uh, serving. That sounds like church gear. Blake and I are not allowed near things with buttons. Yeah, the most yeah, buttons they... we get to touch are the four on this mix pre. I was thinking, nice. you know, typically it would be the tech director dies of panic first because a lot of them do not want to be on stage, like Brian's saying. Yeah. Like, I, I'd like to be back here at the booth. Like, I like this stuff. Don't put a spotlight on me. Let me just serve and do what I do. But, Blake, who would die of sheer panic first if you and I switched places? Well, I don't – like, I guess you're – full-time marketing guy and I'm full-time boss of the company probably fix the whole company it'd be great so <laughs> I here's here's what it someone would be. thinks highly of themselves here's what it would be you and I have different strengths and weaknesses I handle conflict better so I think for the first week I'd have a, a blast but you also handle and everybody sh- would quit well no <laughs> you handle stress better though and quite honestly we're still about six months out and from, your job's not stressful so that sounds great yeah I probably have the nicest <laughs> job at church gear so I think the first week, I'd feel like a champion, and then after that, I'd be like, you won, Toby. Just don't make me wear your clothes. No. Well, I mean, nobody can see right now that you're wearing a pink T-shirt and floral swimsuit. Sw- like you, Pink is a very bold choice. Yeah. It's like you're at the beach right now. Would you actually believe that I have two of this same pink shirt? I got a tiny hole in mm-hmm. one of them, yes, so I, I bought it. Look, yes, six, I would. $6 at Target. Um, nice. Nice. Okay. 
Okay, so uh, Brian, we did a little fun thing. Um, we actually polled all of our tech director audience on what they think in their mind and their view is the biggest worship leader problems. Nice, nice. So um, I guess we only got two. <laughs> <laughs> I, you were so Wait. you were talking so confident, so I was like, "Oh, Toby's just gonna come up with these on the fly." I was. I mean, I think we just boiled it down to the biggest problem. Yep, that's what we did. <laughs> Tech director says the biggest problem for worship leaders is that their Warby Parker glasses are out of style too quickly. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Very yep. nice, very nice. And for them, when they said, "You know, what are the tech director problems?" Well, it was like. The uh, it snowed too much on the roof, and the roof leaked onto the hundred thousand dollar mixer. And so, you know, our community of tech directors seem to think that you know worship leader problems versus tech director, like they're just not comparable. Do you think that's fair? I mean, I was a worship leader for a long time, and I know like we think we're pretty cool with our Warby Parker glasses. And what? Well, I'm the only one here wearing Warby Parker glasses (laughs) between the three of us. Um, And you're only worship leader adjacent. (laughs) Shoot. But Brian, like, tell us what are the most common worship leader problems you you see? Oh man, we hear especially a lot if they're about, funny. Yeah, we hear we we uh, so we do a segment on our podcast called Prayer Concerns, where uh, people send in uh, their the the times that the congregation just roasts them about whatever, <laughs> um, and it might be uh, on your on your like connection card or the live stream chat, YouTube, Google. We've had people f- uh, fill out Google reviews uh, on their church, and so um, we're at like episode 190 this week, and so we've been sharing those the whole time, and so there are lots and lots and lots. Some of the things that we get are so sad, we would never share them on, on the podcast, but uh, man, your we moment. get... Yeah, we so we've gotten. Uh, we had a lady once who uh, had written. Uh, she actually didn't write it. She came running up to the stage, um, demanding that they turn off the hazer because it was affecting her corn allergy. <laughs> the hazers use only in Indiana. <laughs> it was her corn allergy. If you man. have a corn allergy in Indiana, you're already dead. Yeah, a lot that's of right. Farmland that's right. You got no hope. You got oh no hope. Uh, we had one this week where a lady came up. She grabbed the hands of the worship uh, leader who was a female, and she said, um, uh, don't ever wear your hair like that again because it makes you look fat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, we had a guy. A, this could be the most savage one ever. Um, somebody wrote in and said, uh, your voice on the live stream is a full assault on my eardrums. Oh, no. Wow. I yeah. I did forget about another problem where I got a, a review in person, like somebody I knew and trusted said, I, I really think you should just let the other guy sing because he's better than you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We get that a lot, too. We got, we got uh, do other churches' teams sound nothing like the original recordings or is it just our team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, tons of stuff about volume. And and for, for whatever reason, we get a lot of... Um, Men are triggered by the color red. Like if a worship leader, like a female worship leader is wearing red shoes or red lipstick or whatever, uh, man, men just go berserk about that. We get a lot of those for some reason. Um, yeah, man. Like people, they're like, like saying, oh, this is making me uncomfortable. Like I yeah, can't focus. This is That's like gross. A, this is like a house of ill repute or, you know, 
ridiculous. Like, you know, the natural question is, how do you know what that looks like? (laughs) Sir, um, take a long look in a mirror and say, I am the problem. But what do they say about... Check yourself before you wreck yourself. What what do they say about men in uh, pink t-shirts, though? Uh, I think that, yeah, I think that'd be a problem. That's causing a lot of us to stumble, Blake. (laughs) So that whole thing, though, on like that woman going up and telling the other woman that her hair that way made it look fat or whatever, that's a real thing women do to each other. My my best friend, so I've got two. My other one lives in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and he was a news anchor for years, and he was shocked his first year. All um, All of the anchors... Like the female anchors, they would get hate oh. mail yeah, all get, the oh, yeah. time. And it would literally be picking apart their appearance or outfit. And I'm like, the effort you have to go. I won't send a letter to my mother or anyone else I love. Like I don't send letters to people that live far away from me that I care about. Those people cared enough to write a letter about something oh, they yeah. hated on someone's outfit. That's oh, a real yeah, person. Those people shouldn't get to vote. We should take those people's votes yeah, away. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. And at no point did a filter kick in and thought you know what? Yeah, I, I really shouldn't. They should this. not be allowed you know? to drive, vote, make decisions about anything, have children. We actually started uh, polling our listening audience, Blake, and getting some personal reviews on you. Oh, no. So nice. I think the overarching thing, if I could just pick one. Hit me. I don't know what this means, but they just said, why? Dear God, why? Nice, nice. <laughs> That's what my mom screamed out when she was giving birth to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Just so, imagine how, how great you're going to sound this week, though, now that we got your microphone you know, aimed in the right direction. You, you've been treating your microphone like an empty Coke bottle this whole time where you blow over it and it does that like, <laughs> do you know that trick? That was a really good imitation of that sound. Whereas you actually want to speak into a mic, not over the top of it. So a mic is just like an issue at church. I want to speak into that. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, Brian. So we're going to ask you for two takeaways here as we mm, uh, mm. land this plane. Mm. The, gosh, can you imagine Toby if you and I were flying a plane? Uh, we're both so terrified to fly. <laughs> I'd have to be on anti-anxiety medicine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so the first takeaway. Brian, you've done, I think you just said over 190 episodes of your podcast. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's over three years if you're doing it weekly. Um, We're, you know, just barely cresting 30. So what is the biggest takeaway from your podcasting time? Uh, I mean, I guess I should add an addendum on there, like, that our church tech directors would, you know, like or benefit from or find fascinating. Like, I mean, you've seen a lot of the best of people. You've seen a lot of the worst Mm -hmm. of people. So, like, what's one of your biggest takeaways? And if you have a couple, you know, if if, if best is – a difficult word for you because sometimes that's that annoys people to have to drill it down to one. That's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, you know, I would say the biggest takeaway is um, far and away how isolating ministry can be uh, at times. Um, the fact that so for when we first started our when I first started worship leader props, I was anonymous. And so for like the first 50 episodes of our podcast, we have like this FBI witness protection filter on my voice. We just thought that would be funny. Um, and people were get trying to guess who it was and all that. And so uh, as, as that all rolled out, we started getting DMs on our account, like uh, heartbreaking questions. Like, this is what's going on in my church. This is what's going on in my team. I don't know who to talk to. What do I do? And so I, I remember going to my wife and saying, okay, how, 
unbelievable is it that someone is reaching out to an anonymous Instagram account because they feel like they have no place else to go. That's brutal. And so I, I think, uh, you know, for, for us, you know, the word community is really important in our, in the worship leader props circle and for our team. And that's what we want our, our accounts to be is a, is just a community. We're in this together. Um, and so I, far and away, I think my biggest takeaway is that ministry can just be so isolating and, you know, like a little bit, we talked about earlier, you know, tech directors, that, that role it's, I mean, it's not new, but in the, in terms of the arc of, you know, how do churches staff, it is relatively new to have one or multiple full-time roles on your staff. It's necessary, but that's, that's still newer. Um, uh, you know, be, because the music stuff is that's stuff that people understand. Um, and so, you know, those, those, those guys and girls who are out there serving on staff and tech there, there's a real, um, we hear a lot of, I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to talk to my pastor about this. I'm afraid to ask my pastor about this. I am afraid to show vulnerability because what if that tells my pastor that I can't do this job? Um, you know, you know, those are, those would be, uh, those would be two of the biggest takeaways for me. Mm, that is that is tough. That I I do get the isolation though, and we we hear that a lot for church techs. So I guess there's probably a lot of a uh, you know crossover there between church techs and worship leaders. Yeah, Maybe they can yeah. be buddies together. Um, since they need to be pals already, that's brutal. Toby, I'm gonna throw it to you to explain the tech takeaway, as you've never done that. I think to explain to someone. Wow, you're really uh, trusting you. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna totally flounder and mess this up. But you can so, say something else there. Brian, uh, we at the end of epi- every episode, we like to ask the guest for their tech takeaway. And this is something that, you know, a piece of wisdom or advice, it could be very real world practical, or it could be more of a philosophical thing that our tech directors can hold on to and grasp onto. If I remember just one thing that Brian said, um, this would be it. So do you have any overarching thing that you would say that would help our tech directors make their lives and their mission better? Uh, so I'm going to say something, but it is, it should be, uh, all the Sunday school stuff goes at the top, you know, relationship with Jesus, be in the word, all of that stuff. That's like the, that goes without saying. The one thing I would say is people, 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 people. Um, serve your team, serve, serve the people around you. Um, well, I can remember, um, uh, you know, having the MXU guys on our podcast. And I remember one of them saying, you know, before you, before you step behind the console, make sure you shake some hands, you know, uh, come down from the booth when you talk to, uh, the, the people on the platform, you know, remember, uh, remember they are people just like you and, uh, that, you know, building those strong relationships will go a really, really long way, uh, in, in terms of building the foundation of your ministry. So I just, I would, I would prioritize people. Mm. 
That's a good one. It is it is wild to me how this is a very tech-related thing. I mean, tech director is short for technology director, and it ends up being people every time. That's we, mm-hmm. we've heard. I've actually joked to Toby off here. I'm like, who's doing the tech? All the tech directors are saying they're more doing, you know, like <laughs> focusing on people and team building. Um, I think it's actually technical director. But we'll uh, go with technology. You know what? We'll give you a pat on the head. You are technology adjacent. I... That's a good one. That's a callback, and it's accurate. Um, so, Brian Tabor, give me a uh, give me some plugs, man. Where, where can people find you? Where should they reach? <laughs> I start, said it wrong. He can start plugging his last name, Brian it's Tabor. Right. Brian Tabor. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Well, his name his uh, name yeah. is Worship Leader Problems. First, last, middle. Yes. Yeah. So it's and it's actually just Probs. So you can find us Worship Leader Probs on uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, Twitter, you know, we're on all the socials. Uh, you can find our podcast on any p- podcast platform. Just look for the Worship Leader Props podcast. Nice. I hear there's great people on it. Um, oh, we have fun. Okay. Well, man, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. And hey, congratulations on Surviving Sunday. If you happen to make it through next Sunday as well, join us again for your weekly Tech Breather. Blake, do you know what my favorite moment from this episode is? Is it me mispronouncing Tabor or me, my laughing fit? No, I was thinking the fact that this whole time you've worked for Church Gear, we've worked with tech directors, and you thought it was short for technology directors. You know what? Gun to my head, I think, in more time to think, I think I would have said technical director, but you are technically right. I was Now, wrong. if anybody wants to repost what I just said and correct me, that would be hilarious. If somebody who really knows said, actually, it is technology director. You know what would be great? Either repost and say, Toby is wrong, or repost and roast me for being so wrong. That'd be great. We would really appreciate uh, the the share on social. And one of those two things is much more likely to happen. Oh, we both know what it is. Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church gear. Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke. That didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? You know what? That one works.